Shardul Tapur. Final over of the innings. And it's six fastball. He's popped it way back into the crowd. 14 needed, five balls to go. Oh, that ball. Wide signal. TV umpire to director. We have a player review for leg before. Pitching in line, impact in line, wickets hitting, original decision is out. Anil, you can stay with your decision of out. I'll tell you when you're on screen. You're on screen. So there you go, the finger goes up. India win by 12. And it's been a fabulous game of cricket. Thanks to a splendid innings from Bracewell. 140 from 78. Unbelievable scores when you think it was a one-dayer. India setting New Zealand 3.49 for eight. New Zealand 3.37 all out and 49.2 overs. You heard a loss by 12 runs. But Hamish Bennett, who joins us now, uh, those are bonkers scores, or does that not surprise you on that slow pitch? Um, yeah, afternoon, mate. Uh, it doesn't surprise me to a little bit playing in India. Um, I just think it's the, the evolution of T20 cricket is really just coming to one-day cricket. It's sort of... Now it's a little bit of test cricket at the start for two new white balls, just trying to get through that. And then you saw, you know, Shivlin Gill, you just get yourself in, then towards the end it can just be party time and you can just make the most of it. It's pretty hard to, um, it's pretty hard to bowl at the end now. It's pretty hard to defend. I mean, 208 uh, in, in a one-dayer literally was unheard of years ago. And, and do you seriously put that down to just a change in attitude in the way T20 is making batters more fearless? Yeah, I totally agree. That is more fearless. And it's all about taking the bowler on now. I mean, especially with the rules and that as well. It's tough for bowlers to have options. Um, fields are also predictable. And also, I guess, the fear of, you know, a lot of older cricketers always say, I mean, why don't you just bowl Yorkers? And I guess it's the fear of missing the Yorker or getting ramped. Or Yorkers now can be hit 360 degrees. Every batter can hit a ball 360 degrees. And if you can't, you have to be able to hit it out of the ground. And if you can't do either of those, then you... You won't get sweeped for an international side. So it's just the standard of the games just getting higher and higher as well and everyone's just getting more fearless and the wickets are flat. So it was a good time to retire a year ago, mate. Good <laughs> hey, but I suppose the interesting thing here was the Black Caps were going in under, underpowered. To get that close in those conditions, they will take a lot from that considering they've got a, a World Cup later in the year. Yeah, definitely. I think that it's a real, um, it's a great tool to have. I mean, especially this side of the start of the year before the World Cup in October and that, and just knowing what you're going to be able to chase and what the conditions are going to be like um, when you come up against them. Obviously, India chose to bowl first, uh, bat first, sorry, because they want to um, learn how to bowl second um, under the dew and with the wet wicket and the wet ball. Um, they know it's obviously hard to defend, so they're preparing for the World Cup as well as we are, just trying to figure out what our best 11 is. Um, I think that's a tough conversation as well. Um, you know, you'd like to see a shady play, but then you've got the, obviously, Saturn is a, a lock-in, but then, as we saw, you've got the power of Michael Bracewell with the bat as well. So, and then you want to play a couple of seam options as well. So, I think for New Zealand, the hardest thing is going to be finding their balance going into the World Cup. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a tick, but were you surprised at what Michael Bracewell was able to produce with the bat? Well, I saw him get 100, in person, I saw him get 141 off, 65 or 60 delivery, so she thought he mucked around a little bit last night. You know, he got it off 170. I mean, he got 140 off 70 balls, so he took his time, but um, not surprised at all from the beast. I mean, he's always had great power in that, and he's just someone that he's just taken like a duck to water and, and the international cricket, just like the, um, 
just likes the pace on the pace on the ball and a bit of surfaces. So no surprises there. So performances like that would bode well for him potentially going forward for the World Cup. Oh, I think he's a I think he's a lock-in for the World Cup. I think. Um, especially being able to bowl off spin. So, you know, you look at those teams that have lots of left-handers at the top of the innings, you think if you come up against Australia, you'd like to think in spinning conditions, a match-up like uh, to him, to Travis Head and David Warner, maybe opening the bowling would be would be a good option. I think, um, pretty sure Gary Stead's got his head screwed on. So I'd say baseball would be um, getting his, he would already have his ticket to the World Cup. I'd be surprised if he didn't. Coulda, woulda, shoulda about Ish Sodi. Do you think he would have made a difference? Um, oh, yeah, it's hard to say, isn't it, hindsight? Um, but it's then who do you drop? Um, well, you know, who not do you drop, but who do you leave out? That's the hard thing for your balance. Of your side, I look at someone like Henry Shipley, and I think in, after this World Cup cycle, maybe after this Test World uh, Championship cycle, you look at like someone like him and Kyle Jameson. Uh, I think they're uh, pretty promising moving forward, to be honest. Um, Shipley's good better as well in domestic cricket. He hasn't shown that, obviously, in um, international cricket so far, getting two, two first ballers. Um, so if he gets to his first ball, he can go pretty good with the, with the sticks. So I think we're in good shape for that. We just need to um, figure out, obviously, if Trent Bolt's going to be available as well for that World Cup. So we just need to see who's available and what the balance looks like with the conditions. Hamish, there always seems to be a lot of discussion around Finn Allen. 40 off 39. Is he... <laughs> this sounds, don't misinterpret what I'm saying here. Is he up for the oh, job? Right. Is he up for the job? Yeah, of course Finn is. I think the thing we need to recognise with Finn is that He's going to get out in some ways that the public are going to see that is very frustrating. But, I mean, you look at Sturridge, he's got a lot of wickets for short balls. The message you'd be saying to Finn Allen is, look, that ball has to go out of the ground. Don't worry about patting it down. Get it up and over and out of the ground. And then to someone like Tom Latham, you say, hey, this probably, you know, you're good on the pull shot. Maybe it's not your, you know, it's probably not your best option though going up. Either you can look to sort of ramp it or hit it down, sort of more down towards the ground behind square. Um, you've got to coach people differently and Finn's going to frustrate the public with the way he gets out but once he gets going you know we're seeing what he can do I mean if he can if he can bank the World Cup semi-final or the World Cup final he can get 120 off 70 or 80 balls he's going to win us the game so um, he's someone that we just need to be patient with Would you have ever thought you know 10 years ago you were talking about guys getting 120 off 70 or you know, 80 balls just like that would you have ever thought you'd be talking like that? Uh, no not with his I would have added a few more deliveries on, but it is crazy how the, how the, how the game's gone. I think um, what the ICC will do is they'll look to what they did in England. Um, you know, they made sure that the conditions were spin-friendly in England for 2019 World Cup. I'm sure that they'll look at how the wickets can be fair between bat and ball and it doesn't get too much of a run fest at yeah. this World Cup. So um, you'll probably have to see a bit more batsmanship in that. But from Finn, look, new ball, he's just got to go out, get us off to a good start. If he gets down the 10th over, we're 60 for one. We've got Conway and Williamson coming in, two world-class batters, and that's a great foundation for us. Thanks for your time, Abish. Really appreciate it. How's life in, uh, in good old Oz? Uh, it's pretty good, mate. Yeah, the weather's um, pretty good. Unfortunately, you've got to put up with the Australians, so that's the <laughs> downside of it, of, of it, obviously. But um, the weather, so I'm not, uh, breaks even. Nothing like a classic line. Hamish Bennett, thanks for your time, mate. The second ODI is in Raipur this Saturday. Just if you want to look at the numbers, and I was just look, uh, found this on a quick info, it really is quite quite ridiculous. So, uh, Shaban Gill's score in Hyderabad is now the highest against New Zealand ODIs. The previous highest was the great one, Sachin Tendulkar, an, an unbeaten 186 and 99. 
but also in, in Hyderabad. Uh, he's now the se- joint second fastest to the milestone. That's to complete 1,000 runs in ODIs. But I thought this was a, a really interesting stat. Batters to score a double century in ODIs when no other batter reached 50 in the innings, including Gil and Hyderabad. The first, Martin Guptill scored 237 against the West Indies in 2015. The second high score, Ross Taylor's 42.